we're talking about this. We're talking about getting connected. And, and we use as a launching pad um, just these ideas that was given to us, one by Hudson Taylor, if you would, please, and uh, another one by Billy Graham. Next slide. There we go. He said this. He said, many Christians estimate difficulties in light of their own resources and thus attempt little and often fail in the little they attempt. Now, in light of their own resources, how many of you know that many times we underestimate the resources that we have? Many times we'll, we'll, we'll talk with people and they'll say, well, I'm just doing what I can, you know, and, and, and that's important, all right? But we underestimate that the resources that we have are the resources of a heavenly kingdom, are they not? God can bring it about. God can miraculously bring it. So, so we do that. But it says all of God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckon on his power and presence with them. Is there any weak people in here today? Yeah, at one point or another, right? Yeah, we're weak people. We rely upon his power and his presence. Next um, statement, please. He says this, Satan does not care how much you theorize about Christianity or how much you profess to know Christ. What he opposes vigorously is the way you live Christ, the way you become an instrument of mercy, compassion, and love through which he manifests himself to the world. If Satan can take the heart, motive, and mercy out of Christianity, he has killed its effectiveness. If he can succeed in getting us to talk a good case of religion, but to live a poor one, he has sheared us of our power. He has cut us off at the knees. You know what I'm talking about? He has made us ineffective and unproductive, and that's not the way that we're supposed to be. So pray with me, if you will, that we'll get an understanding of what the Lord's laid in my heart for you today. Lord, I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you thanks because you've got something that you want to give to your people today. And your servant has words that I believe are spirit-led, but they make a whole lot more sense. They make a whole lot more connection and application when your spirit drives the point home. So in Jesus' name, help us, Central Assembly, become everything that you intended for us to become. In Jesus' name, let all God's people say, amen, amen. So we had a scripture verse, a leaping scripture verse, and it was in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and it's this, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be, how many of you know we're living in the last days? How many know they've been saying that for hundreds of years? <laughs> you might say, well, then is that really the truth? Well, we're closer now than we've ever been, right? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's not things that have to come together. There's not things that have to happen in order now for Christ to come back. I really believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ, all right? But in these last days, people will be lovers of themselves. Let's do a check if we think that all these things are so. You see any lovers of themselves? Check, all right. Any lovers of money? Yeah. Anybody that's boastful? Oh, yeah, check, yeah. Anybody that's proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents? Oh, you guys got all perfect kids, right? Yeah, all of you were perfect kids. Uh, ungrateful. Is there any ungratefulness in, in, in the world today or even in the church? Is there any unholiness? All right. How about people who are without love? Is there unforgiveness? Is that still an issue today? Slanderous. Is there still slander out there? Is there people who demonstrate the lack of self-control? Is there brutal people out there? Not lovers of good? Is there people who actually love evil? Oh, my goodness. Is there treacherous people, rash people, conceited people, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God? Go ahead. What, here's what it says. Who have a form. Say form. 
Now, let's just pause here for a moment about what this form is. <laughs> they have a form. They have a shape. They, they have a resemblance. Something that looks of godliness. They have a form. They go to church. They may not, but they may pray, or they may not. They may sing songs. They may not. Maybe, 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 maybe we run across some people who do a number of things, but not all these things. Um, you know, they may read the Bible. That's, that's all a form. But there's people who have this form of God, but they deny its power. What in the world does that mean? Deny its power. Deny its power. Have nothing to do with them. Don't you think we need to figure this out? Now, some people think this have nothing to do with them means that, you know what? You just need to rid yourself and write them off and say, you know what? There's no hope for you. And, you know, I just. But how many of you know that sometimes bad company, well, the word of God says this, corrupts good morals? And we need to be encouragers and motivators of one another. And there are people of a form of godliness but are denying their power, have nothing to do with them. Don't, don't, just don't get your resource. Don't get your strength. Don't get your power and your encouragement from those people, right? But find it from those who are truly going after the Lord. Hmm. Lord Jesus, help us today. Amen. Help us. We went to James chapter 1, verse 26. Says this, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. These are serious times that we're living in, and we said that we're convinced that God is, is up to something. God wants to pour out his spirit in this last day. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here, right? These are real-time cases that we're talked about. All of these situations that we find in Scripture that was penned thousands of years ago, all right, is, is literally uh, true still today. But God's got a plan. And, and the, the problem that we have today is that a lot of people uh, are not utilizing the power, the good power, all right? They're, 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 there's, they're not realizing that there's good battery power, there's good resources that God has available to us, but they've got bad connections, They've got a bad connection, and, 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 and what's happening is, is we're not finding out about this bad connection until it's too late. And we're finding ourselves in situations, and we get in over our head. And, and rather than trying to do it relying upon God's power, we're, we're doing it relying upon our own. We have that form of godliness. There's, there's sometimes that, that I've done it throughout the years, as, long, uh, as well as some of you, and, and that is that we... We sometimes will go to the Lord, and I'm praying. I find myself doing it for even other people, uh, even more so often than me. And, and, and I'll begin to, to think, and I want to bring encouragement to them. And I'll begin to thank the Lord for all the contributions and all the things that they've done for the Lord and how they've, they've been faithful and they're serving and all those types of things. And, and then all of a sudden, as I'm doing that, getting ready, and so, Lord, touch your faithful servant. I mean, that kind of makes sense on, on, on a linear, you know, plane. On, as you, you sit there and think about it. Well, well, certainly God, who is a God of favor, a God who is faithful, would want to do something for people who are being faithful to him. How many of you know that that, that kind of that makes some sense, right? 
But we start to deviate and we start to be challenged because then we also start to travel down this path that therefore the more good works I do, then the more right that I have in order to have God operating and doing things in my life. And what happens is we start to get this picture in our minds or in our hearts or in our, in our psyche, in our makeup that, you know, we, we can kind of bend the arm of God to do what I need to do. It becomes works-oriented. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It isn't because of how faithful that you are, but it's because of how much God loves you that you even get anything that you get. It's, it's in spite of your righteousness, because your righteousness is like a filthy rag. The forms of religion that we have and the things that we, we, we carry out, they are things that are resources for us, but they're not good deeds that we do into getting to good grace. Because it wouldn't be grace at all. Because grace, all right, is God's riches at Christ's expense. You see, the mercy of God is something that's unmerited. It's something that you don't deserve. You can't say, Lord, I've been doing this and I've been doing that. How many of you have been doing some pretty awesome things for God? And I want you to go ahead and boast on yourself. You, as far as you know, all right, you're trying to set up the right forms in your life. Forms aren't bad, all right. But how many of you are trying to set up the right forms to keep you shaped the right way for God. How many of you say that? I'm trying to do that. Okay, about almost half of you. <laughs> I'm talking about that you're trying to you say, Lord, uh, this is what I want you to do in me. And, and I believe that if I, if I read your word, if I pray, if I, if I witness, if I, if, I, if I sing of your praise, I tell other people about your greatness. Those are the forms I'm talking about. But those things in and of themselves are not what's going to be the game changer for you. It's when you realize that you are weak and he is strong. And you realize that the resources of heaven are available to you and you get connected to him. Bad connections, we said this, and I'm just going to summarize, mean that we will have a lack of reality. Go ahead, that's on the slide. Lack of restraint and a lack of results. So how many of you know about, want to know the good news? What happens when you get a good connection? How many want to know the effects of what happened when you get connected with God? Raise your hand if you want to know the good things. All right, I hope you do, all right? Because it's, it, it's, it's really simple, all right? But yet it's something that we overlook. Now, James is being very practical. He's being very plain, and yet he's speaking this powerful thing. He says, listen, when you have a religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. He says you're going to have what the King James talks about, true religion. No, you've heard it said over and over again, I don't want to have religion, I want relationship. You know what I'm talking about. Well, we're talking, we don't want to practice the form of religion. But there is a true religion. There is a way in which we walk that gives testimony to, to God working in our lives and changing us and making us to what he wants us to be, all right? So what is that religion? The religion that God our Father accepts as pure is this, and we're going to talk about those things. So the very first reward and good connection that you have when you get a good connection is that you reach up towards God. You reach up towards God and you are not left hanging. You are not left dangling. You see, when you reach up towards God, it is a place where God the Father will reach down and touch you. 
Now, contrary to popular opinion, many people think that God the Father, all right, here it says, religion that God our Father accepts is pure. They think that God is the Father to everybody. Now, God created everybody, but the Father, as I speak of Father right now, is not what I'm talking about. You are not just a child of God because you were created. Now, that's, that's a false doctrine. There's, some people think that, well, everybody's going to die and go to heaven, and they're just going to be at different levels or different layers, you know. And, 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 and that is bogus. That is not the truth. That is not what we find in the Word of God. Everybody is not your brother or your sister, all right? God is the only father of those who have been born again. God is, is only the father to those who have been saved. In John chapter 8, verse 44, he says this. And it's interesting when he talks about it. He says, you belong to your father, the devil. What? And you want to carry out your father's desire. He's saying this to unsaved Pharisees. He goes on and says, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. There are people out there who are, don't have good connection, all right? But there are people who have good connection because you have a good connection. You can reach up to God and the loving Father who did create you, who did plan good things for you, all right, is going to reach you right where he's at. In, in, John, in James chapter 1, verse 18, it says this. It says, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be the kind of first fruits of all he created. The Spirit said to us a few moments ago, listen, we need to just preach the simple gospel. We need to get the gospel message out there to people and believe it has the power of transformation. Those of you who have been coming to church for years might think you don't need to hear the gospel again, as I'm talking about, and what Jesus has done for you. But it's actually in opposition to what the Word of God says, because when I, can, can, when I continue to proclaim it, when I continue to communicate it in a clear way, something happens in your spirit, man, and you're able to say, Yes and amen. You're able to resonate within you and say, that's why I'm continuing to gather together. That's why I'm here today, because I get to reach up and he reaches down to me. Amen. Listen, there's some people who think that in their own way, they could put their hands under their feet and lift themselves up off the ground by their own bootstraps. Down in Florida. It both in, so I was driving by and taking Whitney to Miami and such. We went by this this huge body of water called Lake Okeechobee. How many of you ever seen that before? Or know of it? It's a massive lake, right? I mean, as far as inland, I mean, I know our lakes are inland, but they're the great. <laughs> they, they kind of feel outland from us. We're kind of strange. But this is a huge body of water, and, and and they really depend upon Lake Okeechobee for a number of things. But there were some um, college students who were going out and they were looking for some parasitic plants. And, and they were kind of on a research expedition. And as they were walking along the, the sandy shores there, they came across what was also a sandy stream. And they began walking. And the one man's name was Thicket, and the other one's name was Stall. And Thicket was in front, and he said to him, he said, hold on, stay right there. He says, I think I've stumbled upon something. You see, he was walking upon the crusty sand, and all of a sudden his feet sank down to his ankles. And he, he, he was like, something's not right here. Hold it. Stay right there where you're at. He tried to take a couple more steps, and as he did, he sunk down to his knees. Realizing that something was seriously wrong here, he says, you need to go get me a stick. You need to go get me something and pull me out because I am in quicksand right now. 
So Saul was gone for longer than what Thicket thought that he could, could stand there and wait. And he began to do what many of us would begin to do when he tried to free himself. And the more he tried to free himself, the deeper he went. And now he's up to his thighs. And then not long, he lost his balance and his hands went down in like this. So he's up to his thighs, he's got his hands down in, and, and Stahl comes back with a stick, and he says, all right, you need to reach for this stick. And, and now his hands are stuck, and he can't get his hands out. He says, you've got to do something. You've got, you've got, and the more he struggled, the deeper he went. And, and now, because he doesn't even have the height of his, of his whole body, he found himself in a very precarious situation. And all Stahl could do was just bury his hands his face in his hands and, and cried. And it wasn't long and he looked up and his friend was no more. Real story. Real account. Someone literally seeing someone just disappear out of their sight. Knowing that the demise was not going to be good and not being able to do anything. Some of you can relate with that account. In real life, some of you have seen others who have been stuck, maybe started in their, at their, up at their ankles and in their knees and thighs and were not able to help themselves. You say, I got to do something. I got to do something. May I, I, I got to tell you something, all right? What you need is to get into a, a, a vertical position that's higher than them, right? You need somebody who can. They needed somebody, Thicket needed somebody who was able to be in a position where they were standing on firm ground and be able to pull them up. You can't do it on a horizontal level. And as long as you continue to try to do things on a horizontal level and you don't go to God, the one who's got the crane, the God who's got the ability to reach down and pull you up out of the miry clay and to put your feet on a firm foundation, then you're going to get st stuck deeper and deeper and deeper. And we struggle with this, do we not? We our, our heart aches because we see people who are who are continuing to struggle. And, and, and sometimes we in well-meaning ways tell them, if you would just stop this. <laughs> we try to get get the clean behavior before we get the people to reach up towards God. Do we not? If you would just stop, if you would make smarter decisions. How many of you know that you can't make smarter decisions when you're in a stupid place? You ask people to do something, and they're just like, but, but nothing, none of that looks appealing. None of that looks appetizing to me at all. You know what I'm saying? What you need is an, an interaction, an encounter with God who is in the right place, who, is, who, is, who's, who you can reach up to, and, and whom you, as far as the one on the outside, can say, God, we need you to call. You need to call in the reinforcements of heaven. You know what I'm saying? And when you get a good connection with God, that's what starts to happen. Psalm 40, 23, he brought me up out of the miry pit. He has set my feet upon a rock. He's put a song in my mouth. You get to be the person who gets to be the testimony of what happens. Listen, I wasn't able to help myself. I, I had a whole bunch of lists of rules of do's and don'ts and all those types of things, and, and I thought I was going to be able to get better, but those things don't make you better. Oh, should I have an intention to not do those things? Surely, but I can't do it in my own strength. You cannot get clean on your own. 
You cannot clean yourself up. Only God will clean you up. And you're here today, and you may have been struggling with some sin that's, that's just belaboring you and sideswiping side you, and, and you're taking responsibility for it as, as we have to with, our, with some of our decisions and things. But your answer is not for you to, to just muster up enough self-control to where you won't do that anymore, but to throw your hands up in the air upward and saying, God, only you, only you can do this. If some things say this, only you can do this, and they don't take any other steps, all right? We're not talking about that, but only you can do this. Good connection. The reward is that you will have supernatural intervention. Jesus looked at Nicodemus who, by the way, was better than a lot of us here in this place today. Most of us, maybe all of us. He was, uh, he was you know, I mean, he, he was a master in, in the law. Jesus says to him, he says, you know what? He says, you know, how good are you? He says, I keep all matters of the law. I mean, I, I do everything that I, I think I'm supposed to do. And she said, that's good. But he says, have you been born again? Have you been born again? He was a master in Israel. He had an MI, all right? But he didn't have a B.A. He didn't have the born again. He had the M.I., the master of Israel, but he didn't have the born again experience. It doesn't matter what title that you have. All right. What matters is what relationship you have. Second thing is this. The reward is it reaches outward. You see, if you were born twice, you can only die once. But if you're born once. You have to die twice. That's how it works. The first death, the second death, which is the lake of fire. But guess what? It is brings us great delight. It is a reward when you recognize that the Lord has put us in place to do this, to reach outward to others, to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress. When a man's been transformed, when a man has been saved, when, a, when a, a woman has been saved, they have been born again. They have this heart of compassion, and it's going to reach out to those people in distress. It's not going to look at those people who are there sitting on the corner saying, we'll work for food or are hungry or something like that, and say, I wonder what they did in order to put them in that spot. Instead, they're going to be asking, and they're going to be praying, they're going to be interceding, they're going to be doing what they are led by the Holy Spirit to do in that moment, to offer to, to this person an unconditional love. And it will happen in different ways through different people. We can't look and say this is the general way in which we need to respond to the situation every single time because people do need different things. Just giving handouts may not be the best thing, but I wonder what attitude it swells up within us. I wonder if we have an attitude that says, I wonder how I could change this person's life. I wonder how I might be involved, involved in the process of them not having to do this anymore, not living at a level that's far below what God would expect them to live. What would it take? I tell you, our city is hurting. And we have been saved to go to those who are in need. The thing is, is that this reaching outward to others or to look to after the orphans and widows, it, it's not he's not saying that those are the only people that w w we should do it. He's he's going to the to the least of these. He's but people who are in distress. 
We shouldn't overlook these ones, but, but there are people all around us who, are, who, who need us to reach out to them. In Luke chapter 10, you can go in your, your scriptures, uh, when you get home and you can read the account, but we have a story of the, uh, that's called the account of the Good Samaritan. And you recall what took place if you've been in the church at all, and if you haven't, I want to share it with you real quickly, all right? But there was a day in which a, a man was traveling along the road, and as he was traveling along, along the road, some robbers came, and they, they beat him up, and they stole all that he had, and, and they left him along the side of the road and cast him all inside just to die. And, and other people came, and, and when they came, they saw him. A priest and a Levite came and saw him, but they went to the other side of the road. Maybe they had someplace else to go. Maybe they didn't have time. Maybe they didn't have the resources. Maybe in their estimation of their resources, they figured, I can't do anything anyway. Why even talk to the man? To bring false hope. You, has anyone ever heard that before? You've ever, you've, you ever wanted to do something and you didn't feel like you had what was necessary in order to change that person's situation. So rather than talking to them, you moved along the other side of the road. You didn't go ahead and get any eye contact with them because you know what? You didn't feel like you had anything to offer. I say to you again, as I said last week, silver and gold may I, I don't have, but such as I have give I to you, right? What do you got? You see, when you're connected to God, then you will want to reach out to others, and you will go to the other side of the road, as the Samaritan did. The individual that was considered a, a lowlife of the society at that time, a mixed person. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. They had all that racial tension even way back then. Thanks be to God we're in a church and we're living in a day when we can look at somebody. It doesn't matter the color of their skin. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks that they live on. It doesn't matter about their education. It doesn't matter about their job or the house they live on or what clothes they wear. Listen, God has come so that we may be able to reach all people. Everybody matters to God. Amen. And you may not know the why of how somebody got to where they're at, but we are commissioned by the word of God to reach out towards others. And that Samaritan being despised, being considered as nothing and low, he bent down next to that, that Jew and he, he gave him medication. He gave him encouragement and he finally took him on his own animal and he took him to an inn and he took care of him and he made a, a, an assurance to the person, if it costs more than what I've given you now, go ahead and send me the bill. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a little scary today. Why is it more scary today than it was then? Well, because there's people out there who are heisters, people who are out there who are trying to take people. And you know what? They may not really need it. You know what they stand on every day? I understand. I read in the papers that some people are making more money doing some of these handouts and this panhandling than what I make. I mean, if I can make money that way, then, then I ought to do it. But guess what? We know we don't want to do that, right? The point is, you may never ever know. Why? You may not ever be able to stop it. But you know what? We need to not be the beater-uppers. Right? We need to not be the passer-byers, right? But we need to be the lifter-uppers. 
We need to be the people who lift people up from where they're at, reaching out to them in their spot and say, you know what? I believe God's put you in my life. I believe he's let me be able to see your condition. And it aches my heart to see where you're at. But God has given me something to be able to give to you. You see, I'm connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, I'm not all that great. I'm not perfect. I've got, I've got problems just like you've got. But one thing I got going is that God Almighty has saw me where I'm at in my pit of despair. He saw me up to my knees. He saw me up to my thighs. He saw me face forward. But you know what? He sent in the, the crew. He sent in the Coast Guard. He sent in the life crew. He sent in the rescue team and he pulled me up. Amen. And because he did it for me and he is not a respect of persons, he will do it for you. Church, I'm telling you today, the word of God has commissioned me to commission you to equip you with works of service for you to realize there is more in you than what you realize. You have the power of God within you when you have a good connection. When you are praying, when you are reading, when you are spending time in his presence, then you get this affirmation, you get this confirmation in your innermost being that what he did for you, he will do for others. You, you got to get that, all right? And you may not be real proud of what he's done. You might be thinking, well, I really could do a little bit more, or need a little bit more of him doing for me, all right? Then I'd get a whole lot more bolder about that. How about you get bold in what you've got, all right? How about you get to the place where Paul was? He says, I'm content in all things, in plenty and in one. He listened. He said, I've experienced it all, but the one thing I know, that God, who is faithful, will not stop working on me until he brings to completion the things that he had started in the very beginning, Amen. Listen, God is looking for somebody who's going to take a risk, somebody who's going to look at what they've got and realize they are weak, they are poor, they are wretched, and they are blind. But guess what? He has given you sight. The salve has come out. It's being applied to your eyes. It's being applied to your condition. And you have the ability to reach out and touch somebody. So many people think that they have to be proven, that they have to be the ones who, who, who's, who's able to say, you know, I, I've got it all together, and now I can go minister to somebody i got to go get the college degree. Sadly, some are going and getting the college degree, and the world's talking them into other things. It's not the college degree. It's the connection. It's the good connection with God that allows for you to reach out, allows for you to become that person that God wants you to become. Lastly is this. It reaches inward. <laughs> the reward is it reaches inward. I wonder, is your religion, is it real to you? Has it transformed you? Is there a story where people knew you before and then know you now and say, yeah, so-and-so, they, they really had problems with their mouth. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 were, they were taking the Lord's name in vain on, on, on a regular basis. They, they don't talk that way anymore. And once again, we go towards, you know, you trying to clean yourself up. I'm just saying, you know what? All of a sudden, something started to happen within you, and those words started coming out of your mouth, just like you were in the habit of doing. But rather than you just kind of letting them fly by, all of a sudden, the loving Holy Spirit came to you and says, you know what? You really can use something different there. You really can respond in another way. You know the unforgiveness that you have towards somebody? What good is it doing you? Do they even know about it? Are they being limited and hampered in their relationship, in their peace zone, the way that which you are? The inward working of the Holy Spirit. He reaches, we get to reach upward, we get to reach outward. But James 1.21 says, to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This inward 
working of the Holy Spirit will work and give us a pure heart and will convince us that we really are saved. I'm talking to, I've talked to so many people throughout the years. And I said, like, tell me, tell me, do you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? And some will say yes. I said, well, are you on your way to heaven? Or maybe ask the questions in the other way. And they said, well, I hope so. I said, hope is not faith. Hope is a substance of faith, right? It is what you have in the very beginning, but it is not faith. Faith is actually believing that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Do you believe that or can somebody come in and convince you something else? Because if they can convince you of something else, you don't have the inward transformation that's necessary, all right? You don't have the inward proof. And when you don't have the inward proof, you don't have a good connection. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the difference that you wanted to make, you're not making one because you're not sure of it yourself. Something comes over long in your life and you start to say you know what I, I, I must not be as saved as I thought I was listen the only one that's saved is the one who's in need of salvation right if you've got it all together you don't need God you're not going to be perfect. There's going to be a tug of war that's going on in your heart. And James is saying, he said, listen, I want you to know that this, this tug of war, this thing that's going on in your heart, is going to allow for you to rise to the top. This inward working of the Spirit is going to allow for you to, to recognize who you're going to be more committed to, self or me. And we need that inward work. But it's a reward for the inward work to take place. You see, we're living in a day and time, according to 1 John 2.16, that there is this ungodly value system in the world today. It says this, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And he says, listen, you need to understand that when you have a good connection with God, you get to be free from the pollution of the world. It won't happen. I'm going to go there. It won't happen unless you put him first. It won't happen if you listen to all kinds of ungodly music. It won't happen if you look at all kinds of ungodly other forms of entertainment. It won't happen if you don't get together with the people of God on a regular basis. Oh, you can be saved. You don't have to go to church in order to be saved. But when you come together with the body of Christ, you're supposed to be receiving some encouragement from one another. You are also supposed to be able to be real with one another and realize, listen, we've got some challenges, right? But God Almighty has saw where I'm at, and he's reached inward to me, and he started to rearrange the things that need to be rearranged. And now I can be a person. I can be a person who's not polluted by the world's influences anymore. James 4 forces friendship with the world is warfare with God. It's a shame that some people join churches and don't realize that, that, that you're, you're actually becoming part of a community. And once again, it's not the community that saves you. It's God who saves you. But you ought to be able to have relationship with the community and talk about the things that you're struggling with so that you can have that work of the Holy Spirit done in you. I'm telling you, willpower is not going to do it. The Apostle Paul was on to something when he said this in Romans 1.16. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the, say, say it with me, it is the what? It is the power. Good power, bad connections. Good power, bad connection. God is not the one who's lacking and giving to what we need, you to what we need, in order to be accomplishing things for him. Listen, we, we have people all around us who are needing to be touched. Received a phone call this morning of someone who's been at our church and says, Pastor, are you, are you going to be able to start a van ministry? 
Are you going to be able to say, yeah, my, 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 I want transportation, I've been there, I go to some churches that are right here close to me, and, but, but I, I really want to be ministered to by what's happening there at Central. Do you have it? And I told them what we're doing right now. I said, well, we don't have, per se, a van ministry, but I've been able to call people up who live close to somebody and be able to give them a ride. If they live close by and bring them in, and, and, and there's some inconsistencies and some things that happen with that. But, but you know, th- that's, that's the best we got. How many of you know that there are still more ministry, there's still more ministry that we can do than we have people to do it? Now, I'm not browbeating anybody. I'm just telling you that t- the, the task that we have, that the fields are white unto harvest, and we need to pray that laborers would be able to step up. We have so many more people to be able to reach, but we do need children's church workers. We do need youth workers. We do need people who want to be greeters. We need people to help with the debriefing uh, uh, after a Sunday service and, and, and caring for those who are not here, caring for those who are new. We, we have so many things that you can be involved in. People just got to use their gifts. I, I've got people, I've got requests for people who want to be mentored. Now, you might say that, well, don't we have a discipleship pastor for that? There, isn't that the, the pastor's responsibility to, to, to raise up and to disciple that, that, that next generation? How many of you know it doesn't? You know, one person can only manage so much, right? It's always been given to the church's responsibility. So I'm sharing with you today some of the things that we have. And I've come to some men in this church. I said, I've got some men who just saying, I want a mentor. Do you have somebody? Do you have somebody who can talk with me on a weekly basis, who can help me to be able to move along and be able to grow in my faith, help, that can help me be accountable? And I'm just telling you the condition, all right? This is in the state of the a central address. But it is, it's what we need. Is I don't have a long enough of a list to give to them. Do you hear what I'm saying today? I think we need to inward work. I think we need to get connected so that we can reach upward, so that we can reach outward and we can reach inward. I believe the Lord's calling us to some pretty awesome things. I want you to see just just one, one, one thing in closing, if you would, please. I want you to listen and see the effect of someone who is in, in, in process, just someone who's, who's having the, the Holy Spirit work on them, but they're not perfected yet. Just happened uh, just a, a couple days ago. Show me that little video, if you would, please. See if you recognize this guy and what's events taking place here. Anybody know what that is? It's Randy Moss being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Just happened. Randy Moss has got a sordid history. (laughs) He's had attitude problems throughout the years. Been a little haughty. Why don't you listen to takes a couple minutes in order to talk about, okay, about what's important to him. May not be in the... Thank you all. Just listen. Thank Thank you all. First and foremost, I want to give honor to God. Without God being in my life, none of this, me being here on this earth, me being here in this gold jacket would not be possible. So I want to give my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, all the love that he deserves for putting me here in Canton, Ohio. Faith, family, and football. That's what makes Randy Moss. In that order, Nothing else inside the circle. 
my faith. Football is not who I am. Football is what I do. For 14 years, I entertained and brought a whole bunch of smiles to a lot of football fans worldwide. And I already know the question in your head. What am I made of? I am a living testimony, a walking testimony, not to just the football fans, but to the whole world. I know God put me here to teach and to lead others down the right path. But first, I had to learn from my own mistakes. I had to mature. And with all that, I had to stay right with God. I never knew so many people wanted me to fail. Go ahead and uh, pause it there. That's a picture of his wife. He goes on and he talks about his mother who prayed for him. About 17 minutes of him talking. He's already taken about three minutes here in the very beginning to make sure that God Almighty, because of Jesus Christ the Son. How many of you know there's people who talk about God, but there's a whole other group of people that talk about Jesus? <laughs> if you followed this man's career, you can see there's all kinds of mess-ups. There's all kinds of things that wasn't right. But here, as the legacy is being laid out, he said, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I know what the plan of God is for my life. I'm supposed to be a teacher to other people. I'm supposed to be one who makes a difference. And he's going to go and he's going to show his children. And I'm not going to show you all that right now, but there's six children sitting on the front row. And there's this faithful wife who's prayed for him through all of the ups and downs and the things that he's gone through. Listen, it isn't about what you go through, all right? Listen, that defines you. It's who you are, whose you are, who you're connected to. And when you get connected to him, God will take you from looking at the limited resources that you have, and you'll start to look at the vast amount of resources that he has, and you'll start to say, you know what? I'm really believing this thing, that all things are possible because of Christ Jesus. There is nothing that God cannot do. Say that with me. Nothing that God cannot do. Praise team, I want you to come if you would, please. He's asking us, church, to reach inward. It's a reward to reach inward. It's not something that you have to do in the sense of whoever wants it to look like legalism. It's something that he wants you to see. It's a reward for you to reach inward, communicate with the Holy Spirit, and let him start to rearrange things for you. But it won't ever happen if you don't put yourself into a connection zone with him. So I don't care if you do it with 555 as Pastor Jeff Connor shared with us a number of months ago now. I don't care if you, if you have an hour a day. If, I, I, it doesn't matter to me about what type of form that you use. I'm saying to you, get connected. Get connected. Spend five minutes a day in worship five minutes a day reading the word, five minutes a day and, and, and praying. 
And for some of you, that's just so small. It's so little. You're like, you know what? <laughs> that's not enough. Some of you aren't doing it, and you're assessing that that's not enough. Let me say that again. Some people are not doing that, and you're saying, that's not a Pastor, you expect us to grow with five minutes of worship, five minutes reading word, and five minutes of prayer? I'm saying that's part of the, the form, okay? But what's going to happen is God's going to see you where you're at, and he's going to pull you up. He's saying, ha-ha, <laughs> got the crane coming on out. And, and, and he's going to start to reshape things in you, right? And you're going to see outward, and then you're going to see inward. You're going to be a whole different person. So the declaration of the song that they're going to sing says this, I'm no longer a slave. We were once slaves, but we're not slaves anymore. Amen? And we got to receive an offering. I know we do. But I, I, they're just going to just go through this just one, one time through, if you would. I don't know if we'll get to all the verses and such. But I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes in this place. You're here today, and, and, and you're serious, and you're saying, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I see now what happens when I have bad connections, and I know that I need good connections. And I, I, need, I need to connect with him so that my life will be different. It will be effective and productive. And you're willing to put yourself in a good spot to connect with him. You say, I haven't been given Diligent time. I'm, not, I'm talking about more than just the forms, but I'm not giving diligent amount of contact, time with God for him to do the things that he needs to do in me. But I want that to change today. That's where we're starting right now. I'm not giving him the amount of time. I'm not giving. But to, today that changes. By the uplifted hand right now, lift up your hand if that's you. You're here in this place today. Come on. Come on. I'm not giving it to him, but I'm, I'm willing to do it. I want to be part of that 100%, yeah, that comes in with a report about whose name I know. I'm willing to come in with whose lives will be changed. Amen. You can put your hands down all across this sanctuary. There is a sense of unity. There's a sense of corporate gathering and intent and purpose. Lord, we come to you right now. Will you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. You saw every hand that was raised. You saw every individual that, that had a determination to, to make a difference. And they said, Lord, that I need to start by giving you good time. I need to give you good contact. I can't expect to have... Uh, um, a good results without good connection. Lord, your power is made available to me. And I'm asking you to work in me in Jesus' name. I want to give you the time. I want to give you the time. I'm not going to just jump through hoops. I'm not going to just have a form and, and deny the power thereof. I, I'm recognizing that the power of God is what has to transform me. But I've got to get connected to you in order for that to work. So I pray for every individual here that you'll show them the plan. You'll give them the devotional. You'll show them the songs. You will give the persons who will give them the phone call. They'll put accountability partners around them in Jesus' name. God, I'm talking about something going beyond just what I can do and I can lay a hand on them and all of a sudden just, just wave the, the spiritual wand and everything's right. Instead, Lord, we're saying, show us the practical ways. Show us the time of day. Show us, Lord, the, the ways in which we will connect, the, the way in the reading plan that we'll have when we, when we seek you. Hopefully I'm praying some of your hearts cry right now. Those of you that raise your hand. 
Here's what we're going to do. I want everybody to stand your feet in this place. You need to know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior. The very first point that I made here today is that he reaches, you get to reach up and he reaches down. You need to know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior. He is here today. You just call out to him. Amen. You say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I'm not, I, I, I'm not afraid to ask people to come down here. I just, I believe a lot of things happen in a, in a private world, okay, and that you want to talk about it in the public, okay, and that's what's going to happen through baptism. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow for you right now. Some people come and sit for a, a good number of weeks before they make a decision. You are only going to go further when you totally surrender your life to the Lord. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, it's private between you and the Lord. But I'm going to encourage you to get baptized and make a public declaration of that, all right? But if you want to get saved and, and, and you're asking Jesus Christ to just take away your sins and to get on the right track with him, I want you to indicate that on a connection card that's right there on the back of your seats and, and turn that in. Get that into our ushers or into our, our information center or something or bring it up here to me and I'll pray for you. How many want to see people come to know Jesus? Raise your hand, all right, if that's you. All right. You know the people that do many times that are around you. Reach out to them and touch them. Every head bowed and every eye closed. One more time. You're here in this place today and you say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm right there on decision's door. Decision door right now. I need Jesus Christ my personal Lord and Savior by the uplifted hand. I'm not going to do anything else besides that. Have you raise your hand. I want to pray for you. You're here in this place today. Where are you at? Yes. Yes. One, two, three, four, five. Come on, come on. Where are we at? Where are we at? Yes. Anyone else in this place today? You can put your hands down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Five more. Amen. Five more. Don't matter if it's a recommitment or, uh, yeah, first time. Come on. Five more. Five more. Pray with me, if you will. Everybody in this church say, Dear Jesus, thank you for giving yourself. For paying for my sins. Thank you for living in me. I invite you in to take over. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.